Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. No, uh, you're not seeing things. It is me. Uh, Adam Blompier instead of Luke Owen, joined by, she's making a return to the WrestleTalk podcast, Alex, Queen of the Ring, back by popular demand. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, Adam. How are you? And thank you for everyone for demanding me. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, <laughs> after the last podcast came out, everyone was just like, Luke and Alex have such great chemistry. <laughs> uh, so one could only hope we, we share a, something of the spark that you and Luke uh, shared. But uh, how, yeah, I'm doing really, really well. It's really hot here, and I'm not used to it. I'm a, I'm a pale little little white boy, and I can't handle the mugginess. Quite frankly, how is how is New York, famously the world's coolest city? <laughs> well, I'm a pale Puerto Rican, so I as well feel that pain to an extent of heat. Uh, it's like 90 degrees over here. It's been raining, thunderstorms. It's oh, man. disgusting. Yeah, it's disgusting out here. And also, they're doing construction outside my window, so there may or may not be a man looking into my window right now. Hey, like there may be a man looking in all of our windows. It's 2020. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know what that meant. It is nice to have a 100% great hair wrestle talk podcast. I don't think that's ever happened before. Uh, no, it hasn't. Your blonde we, hair and this new fringe mullet going on right here. We are. <laughs> Boosting the glam appeal of the Wrestle Talk podcast, <laughs> so let's kick uh, straight into our, our topic uh, for this week. So, 
Booker T has drawn a, a substantial amount of heat, not only from fans, but from backstage as well as some of his fellow uh, wrestlers. Uh, he went out on his podcast and said the following, which I'll retweet in its entirety. Uh, not retweet, uh, read in its entirety. Uh, it says, Naomi deserves a chance. They can go to hell with all these hashtags. I'm tired of hearing about them. Don't nobody deserve a chance. You have to earn a chance and your spot on the roster. And this is not some kind of movement just to pull somebody up just because. I hate to say this because I like Naomi, but as far as the business goes, you get it on your merit alone. It's no buddy system. Well, such and such has a buddy and that's why they're doing it. That might be true, but life is not fair. Sometimes you have to make your own breaks and rise the occasion where no one else thought you could. It may not happen overnight. No one expected me to become a six-time champ, but my persistence of going out there and performing better than all those suckers in the locker room and they knew it and the fans saw something different uh so to that uh, naomi responded basically thanks booker with a jim carrey with tape uh, on oh the yeah from yes gift. man <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and sasha held uh less back saying don't feed into useless opinions this is to naomi no uh -huh. matter who they come from keep glowing and shining like you always do you ain't got nothing to prove to anyone hashtag team bad some fine unity from sasha banks there so i kind of i, I we, we reported this on on wrestle talk the other day and i do kind of want to talk about it because um it's it's an interesting point like booker t i think has phrased stuff very badly uh, mm -hmm. and i also think the subject of who he's talking about is a bad a real bad choice um but like i wanted to kind of get your thoughts what do you think on first of all just kind of booker t's comments about naomi i think booker t's comments of earning your right to get a title shot and this and that like i yes sure but what's the difference between her and kofi kingston do you know what I mean? Like she, like she's with Kofi Kingston. It was 11 years since he was in the business and hasn't had a title shot and he has earned his right. And Kofi mania, I mean, uh, during WrestleMania weekend where, um, Wale mania Booker T was on stage congratulating Kofi Kingston and, um, encouraging him to go after the title shot. So what's the difference between Kofi Kingston, who's been in the business for so long, has worked his ass off compared to Naomi, who's been in the business for so long and worked her ass off. And on top of that, during the Royal Rumble, she had the most viral moments of maybe this decade mm -hmm. with any athlete ever, man or woman does not even matter. She broke the 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 viral train with with Royal Rumble. I mean, like I think I said it with uh, Luke on my last appearance on the podcast. WWE would give their soul for just a smidge of that viral sensation that Naomi got with her appearance with Royal Rumble, and the fact that they didn't capitalize on that right before WrestleMania too to give her a title shot against Bailey or even Becky. Or, I mean, she didn't have to win the Royal Rumble, but yeah, I don't think that there's a difference between that. I think I agree. I agree with the, with the subject of picking on Naomi. I don't think that's right. I understand what he's saying and he has a point. It's just, he picked the wrong person to make the example of that point. Mm, absolutely. I mean, like I just speaking about the Royal Rumble, like some of these numbers are insane. Like um, a, a video of her return got 1.2 million views from literally a fan account on Twitter. Uh, like, you know, like 
a, a tweet garnered 102,000 likes saying, you're going to make me start watching wrestling because I'm obsessed with whoever this is. Like she got a huge amount of, of mainstream appeal. I mean, she got that shot in Saudi Arabia, uh, but that was like not nowhere near kind of follow, followed up on. And I think it's not even, I, th I think so many people are getting twisted with like, you know, the idea of like, you have to be champion mm -hmm. uh, to be well used these days. And it's just like the idea of like, no, Naomi, of course, deserves better than singing karaoke on, on SmackDown. Like that's yeah. the thing, so much of uh, like, it, this is not just for a women's wrestling issue. This mm -hmm. is I think for, um, like a men's wrestling issue as well. Like I think people can get fixated on, oh, is someone fighting for a championship? Is that, utilizing them properly and it's just like there are so many mid card feuds you could mm -hmm. have it's such a deep roster like they have so many people mm -hmm. uh, especially because you know they're they basically given up the brand thing they can trade back and forth whoever like this like just have like naomi's a wrestler right yeah <laughs> so, I, and she, like, she's extremely athletic and i think the the whole argument with you have to be a champion you have to go after a champion to be considered great or have have any worthy of of any mention of it's just malarkey is what i like to say it's just all malarkey i mean think about it rowdy piper considered one of the greatest he has never held the major title at all mm. you know so i just think that whole argument is always it's always okay for a man sometimes but when it's a woman uh, but it's also when it's a woman of color it's even harder to to um to believe in them or push them or anything like that. And I just think that's, that argument is just, no, that's not, that ain't it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's really frustrating because I think Booker, Booker T, obviously, uh, as a person of color, you would obviously hope that he is, would be championing someone, uh, you know, like Naomi, who has not been featured so much. And like you say, there, there's some very difficult optics there. Uh, mm -hmm. Like it, with the context of like, you know, you earn your spot. It's just like, it, it, it's so frustrating because like literally all you have to do is give her something to work with. That's, that's what this hashtag means. It's mm -hmm. not meaning like, Oh, it doesn't matter what Bailey and Sasha are doing with the, you know, SmackDown championship picture. Naomi should have it. And we're, we, you know, we're starting a Twitter movement to get Naomi. A it's not about that. It's, it's about the idea that you have all of these people uh, and the fans react to you having all of these people and not using them especially when someone like Naomi garners this huge amount of, of support from, from literally just looking amazing. Mm -hmm. Like she comes down and has such swagger and such poise and like her, her gimmick and entrance, her look is so on point. When something like that is so captivating to then have her disappear into a god awful segment like SmackDown karaoke. Like that's what that's what this is about. And I, I don't understand why kind of maybe it's because Booker T obviously is, is a is he's a correspondent for WWE uh, and maybe he's doing a bit of kind of fight back for for his company but like when we've seen fan support turn into legitimate pushes for so many people like hashtag give divas a chance right did book exactly did Booker hate that hashtag too? Because that, mm -hmm. like, like I understand that WWE gets very defensive about people coming for their booking, but like when stuff trends on Twitter, that's when things happen. It's something mm -hmm. we've seen a lot in 2020. And like, it's such bad kind of, it's such bad PR for Booker and for the company as a whole to kind of push back, especially with someone 
uh, as talented as Naomi. Yeah, and they could have done anything with her, especially right after that Royal Rumble appearance. And like you said, she didn't have to go after a title. Why didn't she have a feud with Charlotte Flair? Granted, she did. Charlotte Flair did win the Royal Rumble, but Charlotte Flair is someone on that roster where you can have anyone have a feud with them. She is the the um, the person to to level anybody up because Charlotte Flair doesn't need a title run right now. She is the greatest on that roster. Why didn't I think that what they should have done was have Naomi have a feud with Charlotte and they could just go toe to toe on the mic with each other. And that's where if you, I guess, want to give Naomi a chance without a title shot, do that. Yeah, I think like that's the problem with like like Booker. And I, I think this is a shot. This is a, a a kind of facsimile of a wider point, you know, because mm-hmm. everything draws back to Vince McMahon and the and the brass ring. You know, that is the quote that I think most of this kind of comes back to is like, well, look, it's it's not always up to us. It's up to these, you know, guys to go out and get, you know, get over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it, it's always been a weird push point. I want to get your thoughts on this because like, I does Booker T think wrestling's real? <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, because you, you only do so much with what you're given. Obviously, like, you know, you have people going out like Damien Sandow, for example, Terrible gimmick, B, Miss Stump Double, but turns it into something brilliant. And I do understand that, yeah, the the guys backstage want everyone to be doing that. But does that mean that it doesn't, like, you still have to kind of give people something to work with? Even then, Damien Sandow was given the same thing every week, constant airtime. Like, mm-hmm. he was put next to the Miz, who was in, like, who was, I think... You know, they got given a tag team championship match. Miz was always around the IC championship at that point. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's given bad stuff and was able to spin it into gold, but he was still on TV. Mm-hmm. Where's Naomi? And that's the thing is that you can't then turn around and say, you got to earn your spot if you don't put them on television. It, exactly. It's, it's kind of maddening. Um, and I think... It's, I, it's almost that like old school mentality, that old school veteran mentality of almost the presentation has to be real not so much that wrestling is real where it's just like yes in a day and age today like the presentation of it being real sure right but we live in an age where kayfabe just almost isn't a thing anymore and i like i do understand what booker is trying to say but he like i said before i just think that he picked the wrong person to make an example of what he was saying like yes you should earn your spot you should like in every other um business what you're trying to break into you have to earn your stripes you know and but this that's the thing is naomi has earned her stripes she is a former champion she has like so like she's been in the business for so long she's one of the people that we're alongside with the Bellas to transition from the Divas era into the women's revolution, evolution. And if she doesn't, nobody gives her her flowers. And that's, I think that's what the point is, is that, you know, yes, Booker is right. But for a person like Naomi, who has been in this company for so long and has worked her ass off and look at her, she's so athletic. She's so athletic. And you have so many other people like Lacey Evans, who's like, yeah, but we've, like, sure, we've seen that character, uh, like, enough. We've seen that person on the mic before, a blonde woman who, patriotic, whatever. 
let's do something different, you know? And that's the thing is WWE or with, when they had the authority figures, they said, well, listen to the WWE universe. You, you have yeah. full control. It's like, when have you, when are you going to start? There's, yeah. there's, you know, like how many hashtags does it take for you to listen to us? That's the thing. Like, how how else are we supposed to communicate with you? Do we write a letter? Do we make a phone call? No. The only thing that matters is when things get traction on Twitter exactly. and hashtags is how that happens. It's yeah. It's it, it's frustrating when you see you know like, it, it, I, I, yeah. I think it all boils down to like that moment where it's just like we're listening to you, and it's just like well, then you get angry and cause heat amongst your company when we tell you what we want it's very very frustrating well i guess let's let's finish off this kind of with uh, a little bit of a little bit of positivity uh because ultimately this is about i think rather than everyone against booker t i think this is rather everyone for naomi that's Mm -hmm. that's a nicer kind of way of framing it what would you like to see for naomi uh in in the future because i think we are agreed that she deserves better (laughs) hashtag deserves better she does i obviously a title shot but i think she should go after a raw title i think in in that realm of wwe the raw title is much a little bit more important than the smackdown title because you know raw is the flagship um but like i said before i'd like to see her go against charlotte whenever charlotte does come back but it's i have i I just, I just do want her to do, I want her to have better, but I want her to have better with people that are in that top tier of the female roster. That is Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Charlotte. Yes, they are the four horsewomen. And I understand how people could be so tired of them, but if you're so tired of them, give Naomi a chance. I just wanted to win the Royal Rumble. Like, cause that's the thing is I kind of lost, I've, I've lost kind of faith that Kofi Kingston would ever win the Royal Rumble. I think his his time, unfortunately, has passed and it was glorious when we had it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that, because he didn't get a Kofi moment in last year's Rumble, but Naomi did. So it mm-hmm. feels like we've now fully kind of passed that torch to Naomi. And I would, I just want to see someone who has that gimmick win the Rumble. Like actually someone survive using like the, the Kofi Naomi spot, like, three or four times and then win the whole thing i think that would be so that'd be so awesome yeah and also like the story that you can tell of just the major underdog story you can have that lightning in the bottle kofi king uh kofi mania moment again if you do it right but don't compare it too much to kofi mania you know where she has yeah, yeah yeah where where you can like what was the year uh, where Rey Mysterio won the Royal Rumble and they well, booked him like, yes, 2006, do that. Do that with Naomi. And I promise you that it would be amazing. And you could honestly probably do it with anybody, anybody who is champion. If you if you bring up someone like Rhea Ripley, you could do it. If you bring up someone like Io Shirai, Io Shirai versus Naomi, first of all, that, that match alone amazing you could she can literally go toe-to-toe with anyone just just give her everything give her the royal rumble give her the tag titles give her the raw championship give her the smackdown money in the bank whatever she's still going to make magic with it and a lot of people are going to pay attention yeah you don't even have to frame her like as an underdog because like you say she's one of the most athletic people on the roster like she's she's she like she's almost a class above most mm-hmm. other people uh but yeah we we huge fans of naomi uh hashtag naomi deserves better let's not see her karaoke any more please <laughs> uh, 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? And you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies could only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist as a tag team before they combust. Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. So we're going to move into our mailbag now. Uh, and like wonderful, wonderful patrons at patreon.com have uh, sent us uh, their questions uh, highlighted with um, mailbag on the community. So I'm just going to go through these. Dawnee uh, says, hello, you wonderful people. Uh, ratings for SmackDown and Raw are down, and their main target group is elderly white males. Could it be that these demos are not interested in the fan-acclaimed rise of female wrestling? Uh, AEW and NXT do not put such a strong emphasis on their female employees, and their demo is younger, hopefully more open to seeing women fighting instead of sporting bikini. Their rating is almost pre-pandemic. Can you see a connection? Uh, and that person then clarifies, okay, that is a euphemism when it comes to better. And no, I don't want WWE to cut women back. I want all people to appreciate the work of people regardless of gender. Yes, I am a female. So I guess what they're saying is like, 
should uh, can we see a connection between uh, elderly white males not tuning in for women's wrestling and AEW and NXT not having that strong emphasis, but bringing in younger fans? That's interesting. Like, I mean, I, just to kind of clarify, do you think like different demos care about women wrestling in a different way? It's a quite a confusing question. Uh, yeah, I think... Depends what exactly the demo is. Yeah, like I mean, AEW and NXT apparently skew younger. Um, yeah. But like uh, this, but this person's also claimed that like NXT like don't front load their female talent as well. And I don't know if I'd agree with that. I think NXT's women's division is strong and featured every week, often mm-hmm. kind of multiple times. Um, uh, AEW have had have taken a lot of flack for their women's division, sure, but like. I'm not entirely, I I don't think it's a, I don't think that connection's there. I don't necessarily think that AEW and NXT are doing strong on the ratings because of a perceived lack of women's wrestling. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I similarly, I don't think that the main demo of WWE is turned off by women's wrestling. I just think that the main demo of WWE uh, is a more mainstream crowd that doesn't like pandemic wrestling. Um, Yeah. And also, like, WWE have so heavily leaned on nostalgia for so long. And, like, that's completely worn out its kind of welcome. Like, I don't I don't actually think, cause, like, too much of the makeup of its roster, like, on a, from a gender perspective, mm-hmm. has much to do. Like, I, I, I could be wrong. And, like, we are interested in always in, in hearing people's thoughts. But, like, just generally speaking, Raw and SmackDown are a mess. And that is, I think that generally has more impact on whether people are tuning in than not. I don't know. What, what, what do you think? I, I, I agree with you. I think right now, Raw and SmackDown, and I would also kind of throw an NXT a little bit in there. I think they're blindly throwing darts at a wall at this point when it comes to the storytelling and what they're presenting on TV. I don't think it's a, la- a lack of interest with the women. I mean... I, and I also would say with AEW, I think it seems like they're fixing up their women's division, especially now coming out with the women's tournament that they're going to be doing. So I I would disagree. I understand the narrative, though, where um, if you are... I understand I have that thought process of, oh, I guess nobody's really watching wrestling and there's no viewership because no one cares about women's wrestling. Well, it's just like, well... That's a valid argument if the majority of the product was women's wrestling. But the Mm. majority of the product is everything. And everything is just not very watchable right now. Uh, And also, if you're looking for... If you are looking for just another wrestling show where you feel like... I I don't know. I think Impact is doing a phenomenal job with their women's uh, roster. And Slammiversary was amazing. And that was the first time that I saw... I didn't watch Slammiversary, I will admit, but that was the first time that I saw all of Twitter and Instagram be so excited for wrestling again. Mm. I think it's, especially nowadays with the pandemic, it's very rare for everyone in the community, um, whether you're a fan or a creator or even a wrestler, um, it's hard to... I don't want to say love wrestling, but it's just hard to watch it right now. 
Uh, and there are only a few pay-per-views that I saw a lot of people actually be excited for, and Slammiversary was one of them. Um, so I would suggest watching that if you feel that WWE and AEW is just not doing it for you. But I would kind, I would uh, disagree. I, I just think that they're just, it's just not watchable right now, and yeah. it's okay to admit that. I think it's a, I think it's a bit of a false equivalency. Like, like mm-hmm. it, you can see, like, oh, you know, older, older demo, more women's wrestling, less ratings. Uh, you know, different demo, uh, more, you know, more consistent ratings, less women's wrestling. It, it, it all just feels very surface level. It feels just like, oh, those are like you can probably make that trend with a lot of different things because of you know, mm-hmm. all both both shows are so you know, like. AEW, NXT, SmackDown, and Raw, like they they are variety shows. So there's right. a lot of different kind of connections you can make. And I don't necessarily buy that narrative. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, Duncan J says, do you think that the universal title feels like a joke championship because they haven't had a real top talent win it? Uh, I know Lesnar has won it, but he doesn't turn up a lot. Feels like it needs to be an Orton Edge Styles or someone to give it some credibility. What do you think to that? What happened with Robin Reigns? Right? Uh, Finn Balor, <laughs> Seth yeah. Rollins, Seth Rollins. Yeah. I mean, now, I think now it's a little bit more like, I guess, gimmicky, but I don't, again, I would disagree. I don't think the Universal title, then again, it had a pretty rough start at SummerSlam <laughs> when it was first presented. And I think that also lies in with feeling like it's a little bit like you can't take the title serious mm. you know were you in were you in the building because i know it was in your backyard i was yeah yeah, yeah. i was oh, there me too <laughs> me too my friend uh just yeah we like i me and pachisi were there and we burst out laughing like we yeah. just we couldn't stop the giggles and I, I i like i genuinely went through a full roller coaster of emotions but i i started off being just like <laughs> that felt fucked to uh oh i feel really bad for seth and finn like <laughs> n- like it just wouldn't stop it no. wouldn't they no. just went on and on and on like yes at first i was just like what the hell is that i don't think that's a pretty good belt and then i was trying to watch the, t- of the match and i was like okay we could we could calm down i think we all agree that the belt's very ugly but let's try to get into the match and then i remember when i was sitting there and i saw that spot where finn injured uh where seth injured uh finn i was like oh okay maybe we should stop joking around right now i think something went wrong uh but yeah i just think it was just the way that the universal title is presented i think someone needs to hold it so we could maybe take it more serious and i i thought roman reigns was doing that for a while during his title run yeah and i i I think it's i think it's really difficult like i think they've had as wide a variety of champions in the last Mm -hmm. in its run than the wwe champion you know like you've had workhorse champions like seth rollins like you know like drew mcintyre you've Mm had uh you know part-timer you know gold you know you know goldberg Goldberg. brock yeah Brock. Um, Brock obviously has held the WWE Championship as well. Like, you know, I, I, feel, I don't necessarily feel, feel like, I, I think you're right. I think that where people get like this, I, this narrative of it as a joke title comes from its debut, its color, and the fact that maybe you just haven't had that kind of definitive, like, 
title mm. run. I don't know, but like Brock held it for a year, and I'm a I'm a huge Brock Homer. I I, I love <laughs> I I unapologetically love everything about the Brock Lesnar thing. Like mm. from the fact that he doesn't show up to, uh, like you know, like he's he's gone most of the time, and you know his matches are all the same. Like I I it's my big unpopular wrestling opinion is that I'm a mark for that. <laughs> so yeah, like also I, I guess is it because it's called the Universal Title, which is a stupid name? I don't it is. know. It's like, a pretty I, stupid name. Yeah. But that's the thing. After SummerSlam, they had the they had Kevin Owens run with it. And it was at the time where Kevin Owens was with Jericho. I mean the the, the that's where I felt my thoughts of, oh my God, this title is very ugly. Oh my God, the, the universal title, that's an awful name, was changing. Because again, like we've said before, the title doesn't make the wrestler, the, the wrestler makes the title. And I felt that Kevin Owens, at the time of his run, was doing that. And they completely dropped the ball with him when they decided to drop the title to Goldberg and then Goldberg going to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 33. Again, just, you know, feeling that nostalgia vibe, I guess. But it's, I thought Kevin Owens was, should have been the one uh, to, I think, change people's minds. And I think he was starting to do that. And then they were like, they pulled the plug on him. Yeah. It, I, I, yeah, I just think, yeah, you've had a wide variety. You've had uh, chicken, S, heels, workhorses, part-timers, celebrities, like almost. Like, yeah, yeah they've, they've done pretty much the same. It's just that the belt is a silly color and got a silly name. Like, I think that's it. Like Braun, in a, in, a different, in a different pandemic world, Braun could have been champion. They could have pulled the trigger on him early and, and we'd all be for it. But it's just like feels like the wrong like it just feels like we're waiting for the fiend again let's get the belt back on the fiend oh, and then yeah. uh so uh william skay i uh, by the way uh to our lovely patrons if i mispronounce your name i'm so sorry luke knows all of your names like so much by heart and i'm i'm not luke owen um but one day maybe I will. Uh, William Williams K says, you think the Fiend will be more unstoppable when he comes back? Because from what I see in the story is that the Fiend is having Bray try and win, which is why Bray is going back to cult leader because he's going crazy from all the stress to succeed for him. But he constantly fails, which makes the Fiend mad and thus making him even more unstoppable when coming back. Inter interesting. Like, I, think, I think the Fiend should be unstoppable when he mm -hmm. comes back because I, I think anything to erase the funk of of oldberg winning the title in saudi arabia would be like what a disappointment that was that happened this year yeah that happened this year isn't that fun to think about oh god it, like it was five oh, years man. ago um i i do i think that the fiend will come back to be like undefeated i mean like he should come back to be stronger the fiend was such a an exciting character when he first came out um i i liked what he was doing with the fun house and then they completely dropped the ball with him with 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 a uh, goldberg but that was the thing was when I, I was excited when that feud with goldberg was happening and then it just went to <gasps> It sure did. It sure did. Um, I well, that's the thing. Is like I love like uh, what William's saying here is I really like this idea of multiple braids. 
Uh, I do, I do feel like it, you know, there's obviously <laughs> competing with AEW on multiple fronts. Now you've got the 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 kind of insane guys with the multiple characters uh, and the increasingly expanding universe. Matt Hardy versus the Fiend. I mean, um, Mick Foley made it work with the three faces of Foley, so you can make yeah. it work. <laughs> I, I I think uh, Bray Wyatt is their greatest is is the greatest storyteller they have currently um uh, vince mcmahon reportedly had little to nothing to do with the swamp fight uh which is exciting Mm. it seems like bray's been given a lot of free reign to craft these things and yeah the idea that when like because i think yeah we've had um zowie wowie we've had cult leader and now it looks like we're getting the fiend at SummerSlam. um i'm all for basically like do over jumping back on the fiend train and having him the thing is he doesn't have to be unstoppable because Bray Wyatt is eminently stoppable. It's just the mm-hmm. fiend is his mega death, like in the clutch uh, persona. Uh, so like you can, like you don't have to have Bray Wyatt be undefeated. You just yeah. have to protect the fiend. Mm-hmm. And I think w- what we've seen since Goldberg, they understand that. Like we haven't, we, we've barely seen the fiend since he munched John Cena. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw him right at the end of the swamp fight. And it feels like we're getting that. And I think, yeah, like I, I, I'm interested in just strapping, like the the world's silliest title. I'm interested in strapping <laughs> that Bray Wyatt and just giving him six months to tell some stories with that belt. Yeah, that's fascinating. Like, what does the Fiend do with that title? Like, I, I mean, obviously, like, we had a little bit of that answered before, but like, the Fiend is a more interesting character now. I think we've had more interesting kind of like, like the the Funhouse proved how how deep this well of imagination goes and i want to see what he does with the universal title now and i yeah. yeah i'm really really keen on it uh flame inc live says if you had to choose one female villain as the hottest villain from your childhood who would it be and explain why it's carmen san diego i don't know <laughs> where in the world is carmen san diego i understand something about a red hat uh-huh about it no i, I never really really saw it um, I'm trying to think because, like, my big, like, kind of cartoon crush was April O'Neil from the Turtles. Um, oh yeah, she's not a villain. I'm trying to think of, uh, re- like, not Rita Repulsa from Power Rangers. She wasn't my type. See, I would have to go Poison Ivy from the animated Batman series. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm gonna go Harley <laughs> from the. <animated. laughs> our, our crushes would get along. Very our crushes, well. yeah. Uh, there's, there's something about that massive hammer. I don't know what it says. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Nick Corvello says, I hope you're doing well. hope you're doing well, Nick. I originally had a movie-related question in mind, but Slammiversary was so effing bonkers. Got to talk about that instead. Overall, I enjoyed the show a lot, but I'm concerned about how much of the booking was hot-shotting, especially two of the match results, the X Division title match and the Knockouts title match. Felt like Willie Mack should have had, held the title for longer and he didn't get a fair enough shake at a good reign. Same for Jordan Grace, as I felt there was life left in her reign as well. While I liked Diana Perazzo, she has the image of an ex-WWE talent who got pushed straight to a title program and got the title in her first month. In my opinion, that reeks of lol TNA booking and sends a negative message to the women in the back who have stayed with Impact for so long. I'm willing to see whatever comes this, uh, whatever happens this coming Tuesday may make those concerns obsolete, but I would still like your opinion on the two match results regardless. What are your thoughts? Uh, uh, Alex, do you want to expand upon your, your thoughts earlier? I, I agree 
with the knockouts division with that result, I it did almost feel like they just gave it to her because she came from WWE. I do agree that I think Jordan Grace should have had the title a little bit longer. Uh, I disagree with Chris Bay, though. I think Chris Bay is a fantastic wrestler. I think it is about time that he's a champion, especially on TV. Uh, but I think with the knockouts division, I think that that's a good good feud right there. Let's start that off. You know, where she came, she, Deanna came from, from uh, NXT and, you know, won the title. Let's see her versus Jordan Grace for a while. Cause we, the Jordan Grace for me was a believable champion compared mm-hmm. to Deanna. So I think those two women going back and forth, I'd like to see that. I think sometimes when the, going to, to Willie Mack, um, I understand the thought of, oh, he should have held the title longer and this and that. And I do understand just that title, uh, just that thought alone. But it's just like, yeah, but now he can go after another title or go after a better feud or have a good feud with Chris Bay and just go back and forth. Um, Sam Aversary was amazing. Um, I just, it was, it was, it was interesting. Overall, the whole show was interesting, but those two matches was were good. I I I agree with the Chris Bay result. I don't agree with the other result. Hmm. What do you I, think? I, I can understand where people are coming from, especially because you had that main event where it could have gone to mystery person, could have gone to Rich Swan, could have gone to like lots of different people, but they stuck with Eddie Edwards, who mm-hmm. is like an impact lifer. And it felt like that was a sort of like this is a reward for your loyalty and dependability, which is something that I'm like a lot of people uh, especially when they are kind of fans of that promotion who are kind of like a little bit shirty about like all of this mainstream attention suddenly coming uh, to their brand from the outside. You think like all people who've been here long and put in the work suddenly get passed over. I do get that. But for a lot of people, Slammiversary was the first uh, impact pay-per-view they've ordered in a long time. And, and yeah. let's be honest, Impact, you know, like they they drew a lot of that attention with who's going to show up from WWE. Mm-hmm. That, that is very dyed in the wool, total nonstop action booking. Absolutely. But it's just like you've got to kind of give, like you're going to get a lot of fresh eyes on the product. And I think it's smart. You don't want to do it with everybody. Absolutely. You want to keep some of the titles the same, but you need to maybe do one big change with someone that people recognize to get them coming back uh, the next week. Uh, I understand like maybe they could have done that with the, with the top championship. Uh, and you know, cause I like big mama pump has been on like something of a, of a run. Uh, but like who, who's to say like, you know, it, it was a great match. So I, you know, if they have another great match, doesn't that serve both women? Enough? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It- and I, and also like, uh, Heath Slater came back and uh or return uh not return sorry Heath Slater showed up uh Gallows and Anderson showed up and yet the next day I saw everyone talking about Chris Bay winning you know where yes we drew the eyes to Slammiversary with these appearances of oh my gosh this ex WWE star came came out and this and that but everyone was talking about that Willie Mack and Chris Bay match so it's just like yes I understand like again going to what you were saying uh you can you have to bring the eyes and then you have to make them stay and i think with those two matches people 
wanted to tune in the next time to see what to see what was going to happen. And that's the whole point, right? That's that's TV, baby. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. That's TV. <laughs> that's TV, baby. Get it on a T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> Chris Gardner says, WrestleTalk's content has been a huge help to me personally over the last couple of months. But I'd like to know, what wrestling story just makes you feel really happy and feel good? It doesn't have to be a huge title win or anything. Just something that makes you smile even when you don't feel like it. That's a really interesting story. Like, for, for me, it's, um, <laughs> it's uh, Kevin Owens' son pinning Excalibur. I just... <laughs> his his six month old son um owen owen owens as he would be known uh, if, under kayfabe uh owen steen uh after three pa- uh, like package pile drivers after excalibur you know talk smack about kevin owens son he gave him three package pile drivers and placed owen on top of excalibur while generico counted the pin and everyone lost their mind and it's it, it's it builds in in kind of warmth for me because not only uh do i i like the children pinning wrestlers it, like maxwell like i that's my jam i will always lose my mind for children pinning wrestlers but um it's the fact that he will grow up and at some point his dad will show him like that footage and he will understand it uh, and he'll yeah. understand it differently as he grows up, you know, like, oh, I actually did that to, oh, that's how wrestling works. And that's funny to, oh, that's one of daddy's friends. Uh, but they all got together to make me feel like there's so many different levels of appreciation that Owen will have for that uh, stunning victory. Like that's, that's, that's one that always like, that's, that's a small wrestling story that always warms my cockles. Mm. What about you? Anything that <laughs> kind of brings to mind? The one, I mean, the one story that just always brings a smile to my face and I feel bad is all the times Kota Ibushi got lost in that airport coming to America. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I remember I was, uh, it was all in weekend. I don't remember if it, we were actually at the event or it was the next day, but it was just reported everywhere on Twitter and even like the uh, uh word of mouth that Kota Ibushi was just lost in O'Hare <laughs> and someone had to get him and I remember oh no I think it was uh the next day or maybe it was the day before I don't I don't remember but I remember I was in Starcast and someone's like I'm gonna go drive to O'Hare and look for Kota Ibushi <laughs> like so, a red Wally picture <laughs> it's just like he's, <laughs> he's here somewhere <laughs> That's the one that, that just always puts a smile on my face. And I feel bad because I'm sure he was just confused and lost. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's like Coach Ibushi has created this wonderful aura around himself where he's one of the best wrestlers to have ever lived. But he's also kind of like, you know, done some of the wackiest stuff in DDT. And then just the point of him getting like lost around an airport is so funny. It's like texting Kenny asking if he can help. Where do I go? Yeah. <laughs> That's really sweet. Uh, Matthew M. Muldoon says, hey guys, really enjoying the Adam Pearson guest appearance last week. I am an American. And as you know, COVID is still running wild, brother. The city of Philadelphia, historically great wrestling town, just banned live audience events till March 2021. With that being said, it is becoming very much a regional issue. 
And we could have the real possibility of the southern cities allowing crowds and northern cities banning them. If AEW and WWE go live in the same general we- region week after week, do you think it will hurt the product overall? With ratings already slipping, if people see lethargic, half-empty crowds every week, it's almost counterproductive. Do you think in that scenario, it's better for each to stay behind closed doors? Thanks as always and take care. I mean, I I am very very cautious, like uh, like just generally, especially about COVID. Uh, I don't want to see live events come back until the vaccine. Really, that's just my personal standpoint, and I realize that I'm not taking into account all the people whose livelihoods depend on businesses staying afloat. I get that. But for me, I am not going to anything like like a live event or a concert. Like I've seen some socially distanced concerts where basically you get like a little hexagon in uh, on a like a bit of lawn and you have to stay within it. And they're all like apart from each other. You get like a little table. You could order drinks. And you have like a very prim and proper little uh, concert. But like, no, I don't want to see it. I don't want to have people be funneled in and out of arenas through the same uh, security scanners. Uh, you know, I don't want to see them walking past ticket collectors. I don't want to see all of, all of this stuff until there is a workable vaccine. Um, and if this, if it's just a case of like certain regions do do it, yeah, they probably will kill the towns. Um, uh, or worse, either they kill the towns and just like attendance drops and drops and drops because the same people aren't going to pay every single week to see Raw. Mm-hmm. Worse, people travel to see live wrestling and that's worse, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, so like, I, I don't know how you feel about kind of like live events and stuff. And I'm certainly not saying that mine is the only way uh, to be, but I don't want to see live wrestling with proper crowds until you've got either a vaccine or like proven scientific treatment and that may be a long time i'm on the same boat as you i'm in the same boat as you i live in new york city the biggest one of the biggest cities and i don't think that we should have live events for another year or two i mean like i said i was on the subway the other day and it we're we're in phase four and I had an anxiety attack being on the subway because there was just so many people around me that were just not social distancing. And it wasn't like, it wasn't because they didn't want to, it was because they couldn't because it was rush hour. Uh, And maybe that, and I don't want to say like, oh, maybe I should have just taken an Uber. It was like, no, we just should not be open because there is no vaccine. And not that many people are wearing masks. Not that many people are taking the precautions. And it's, I don't, it just should not happen. The, the the crowd just should not happen. I get the livelihood of the workers and not only with the with the wrestlers, but the people behind the scenes with the cameramen and the production uh crew, the makeup, you know, crew. I I get that they can't just not go to work, but if there's a way to avoid the massive spread, then let's not have fans go to the shows. And like you said, there are fans that travel for shows. There's a there's a promotion out here at GCW. They had a show in Indianapolis and there were fans who traveled for that show. And I have not heard of anybody getting COVID. Uh, granted, I don't think anybody would actually admit that they got COVID after attending that show stupidly, but... I just think right now is just not the time to have the live crowds. I get it. We all miss wrestling. 
We all miss going to concerts and, and music and all that good stuff, going to bars, amazing, but we just cannot do it right now. And luckily for us, we do have the technology to still watch wrestling from a distance, from the comfort of our own homes and keeping each other safe. So yeah. I just don't think that it should come back. No, I, so I, um, I went on a two hour uh, round trip cycle trip like at the weekend because um, the guy who won our Quizzlemania trophy uh, mm-hmm. for winning, like winning the jam that jam giveaway. Uh, like I, I just, I wanted to go for a long cycle. So I just thought, I saw that I'll just like, he lives in South, like South London, like a, like eight or so miles away. I'll just go to him and come back. And then after that, that there was a pub near my place and I was got, like, I've never wanted a pint more in my life than yeah. cycling like there and back over like for two hours. Uh, uh, me and my partner, we went, we went to it and like, they, they had precautions. They had some, like you had to sign in, give your name and address and your email. Uh, you had to do your hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, you had to go and sit outside. Um, even so my pint was brought to me by someone who wasn't wearing a mask. And I was just like, I didn't enjoy that pint. And I, 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 it's, it was too much anxiety and I'm not going back. And like, I understand that people want these things to come back so much that they will put up with things, but it's just like, e- even then, like, even when you like almost every precaution is taken, like there was just one final hurdle that wasn't the one final box that wasn't ticked. And it kind of, yeah, I, I, I almost had like a little anxiety issue there and it's like, it sucks. But like the realistic thing is, do you hunker down for a year now or does this process spread out for two three years you know for however long it takes to get a vaccine in play and like it might be a while who knows on to something hopefully lighter (laughs) the the rebel heart dylan from cork says top of the afternoon to you folks uh two questions this week one for myself and one from herself ashling uh mine uh i absolutely love slammiversary thing mostly machine gun gave me an unexpected level of nostalgia i love how they debuted all their new stars uniquely I didn't realize how much I missed seeing Eric Young on my screen. With the buzz surrounding Impact at the moment, could you see them picking up a few more free agents as we see them release? The AEW roster is of need any more major signings for the time being, and Impact are very are a very attractive brand at the moment. Uh, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start with that one, then we'll move on to Ashton's question. Uh, do you want to see? I mean, I it, it, it is tricky. Like I. I think everyone, like, when people leave WWE, like, some fans like, are quite tribalistic. Like, no, they have to go here. No, they have to go here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think just for the sake of, like, seeing something unexpected, like, where do you think someone like Rusev would be a bigger star? Mm-hmm. AEW or Impact? And it's, like, it's interesting. Like, I, I, I'm really glad that Impact is not, a te- like, it's not a dirty word. Like, as TNA, like, you know, there, there was, a like, yeah, had its great moment, his great time, but then TNA has gone through periods of being like a dirty word, really. Like when and like yeah. someone else lowering themselves to TNA. But Impact's an exciting brand right now, right this second. And I absolutely like, yeah, what like if you're hot, you do what you do to stay hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think bringing in someone like Rusev uh, and like smashing them over, having him crush uh, Eddie Den- Eddie Edwards, uh, I think that is a really exciting thing I, I don't know like what what do you think i i think when it comes see i i i feel two ways i i was the person where i was like oh gallows and anderson go straight to new japan don't look back and then they showed up to impact and they changed my mind i was like oh wait that actually sounds like a pretty good idea um 
And I think, yeah, there is a possibility, like, they, they probably should add a little bit more names, but I think that right now, let's just settle, you know, let's just see what you've got. My thing with Rusev, I think he could be a star anywhere he goes in AEW or Impact. And this may be going back to the last question that, that we were asked, but it, my whole thing is, is with Rusev or people like Rusev, he was so hot with the Rusev Day. Whole, like that was just so mm-hmm. massive. In, in my fantasy, how I would book it, how I would book it. Uh, <laughs> hey now, hey, hey, gimmick infringement, hey. The way I would do it, if there was a vaccine and there was an actual day where, hey, we are safe by December or January to actually have live shows, that's where I would set up like, Rusev, you're coming back now. Because that's how you, that's, I feel like if you brought Rusev back with the live crowd, that's a bit, and see, it goes back to like, oh, I want live crowds again. But <laughs> I, I, I agree. I think wherever Rusev goes, he will he will be a big star and i think with some of the free agents right now they did a they did a good job of keeping their chins up and knowing that there is hope for their future in this business and it's i want to see them succeed anywhere i don't i think i learned my lesson when i wanted <laughs> gallows and anderson to go to new japan i don't want to pick a certain company for them to go um i I think, like, it's, 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 and that also just depends who it is. Cause someone like, uh, Mike Bennett, like he could go to impact and he could go to AEW, but it's, I think with someone like him, it's just like, see, you have to use him a certain way for him to go over where Rusev is like, throw him anywhere. He'll go over no matter what. Yeah. I agree. Like, I think, uh, I, I think like settle is a really interesting way of looking at it. Cause I think mm-hmm. that uh, AEW, I think probably does need to settle because it's built, yes. it's done such a good job of building up its roster. And like, there are still so many people on that roster who like, especially when you talk about like the different divisions, the hierarchy of divisions and the championships. Like, I think there are some really great stories to tell. Obviously you've got FTR just arrived. You still got Lance Archer, you know, like you've, you've got like, um, you know, Cody's open challenge is doing wonderful things. Like Sonny Kiss, like Paul Cabana's doing some really cool stuff in Dark Order. Like these are characters that started, uh, you know, from Dark and have now come onto the main roster of AEW and are developing. And like, yeah, there's, there's a richness to the depth of AEW's roster. Like, you know, you're seeing Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumors abound about Cody and the potential Four Horsemen. Um, I think that is stuff that kind of, yeah, you don't need someone like Rusev coming in and getting lost in the shuffle because you're not ready to put, like, you know, to, to smash him over. Whereas Impact, with this newfound kind of, like, spike in interest, uh, it does feel like they are in, in sort of a little bit of a hard reboot mode. Mm. Whereas, yeah, maybe maybe a flurry of new guys just to kind of establish some really cool like divisions and just like keep that momentum going maybe that's for the better and like yeah it's people shouldn't view it as like a demotion from AEW because these are different um promotions in different stages of their life and i think impact is 
enjoying like a little bit of a renaissance and i think yes funnel some more guys and just like lightning bolt charge it yeah uh ashling says uh recently watched the evolution show thought it was very good when did you think when do you think they'll do another one and what dream matches would you like to see on it okay all right all right uh I want an Evolution 2 to come back with a crowd because I want to be at Evolution 2 because I was at the first one. Um, but they, when should they have an Evolution? I think they should have had it last year. I think mm. the time has passed for them to have an Evolution 2. Um, yeah, to have an Evolution 2. Evolution was the most successful pay-per-view of 2018. And they had the best match of the year, which was Charlotte versus Becky. Why wasn't that proof? And also, that is within the same year that they had the first Women's Royal Rumble and main evented that pay-per-view. Why didn't we capitalize on that? Why didn't we? I mean, they did, essentially, with the first women's main event at WrestleMania, but there should have been more. There should have been an evolution right after that, when we had Becky with both the titles, Ronda went away. So you actually have the opportunity to promote the rest of the women on your roster even more. You had more talent on NXT. You had so many shining stars at that point. The Iconics won the tag team titles. You could have done so many things with them, but you didn't. And at that point, the Bellas were not pregnant, so you could have had the Iconics versus the Bellas, you know? Like, we could have done so much. And now we want to have the conversation of Evolution 2 during a pandemic. You know, like, it's it's just so, like, uh... Hopefully it happens soon. My dream match at Evolution is Charlotte versus Bianca Belair. I think Ooh. that should be the main event. I think... Um, I think the Iconics should gain the title. I think the Bailey versus Sasha, I mean, sorry, Bailey and Sasha versus the Iconics. That's a good tag match right there. Um, if we're going to bring back any veterans, I mean, you kind of have to pull the trigger on Trish Stratus versus Sasha Banks already. Let's do that. Uh, and... Oh, there's so many dream matches I can go on. But what do you think, Adam? <laughs> I, I agree. I want to see it with fans, but I also don't want to wait a year to see it. Like That's that's a difficult thing. I don't want to give WWE an opportunity to say like, oh, people don't, people don't care about evolution anymore. Look at these numbers. When in fact, that's because people don't care about wrestling in a pandemic with people banging the, the plastic glass every two seconds. With no mask. With, with no mask. Uh, I think like I... I, I do really, really, really want to see it. Like ultimately, like I, I think in terms of dream matches that we haven't had yet, I, I think, I hope Becky is coming back. And I, and I do really want to see Becky Ronda one-on-one. Mm. Uh, that is, I think still like my, in terms of like the actual story I want to see told mm. is like them one-on-one. Like I, I, I still, I still want to see the, the four horsewomen uh, fatal four-way please yeah mma versus wwe four horsewomen i still want to see that that would be a great evolution main event too yeah uh if only like oh if only uh, shana baszler was, <laughs> how did that happen how did that happen 
I don't understand. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there are, there are so many. I, I do think evolution's a really fun place to kind of bring back uh, women from yesteryear. Uh, I, I think Molly Holly going with anyone. She's yes. phenomenal. Yes. Um, <laughs> like Molly Holly versus Charlotte would be incredible. Like, yes. I mean, she, yeah. Molly Holly versus Ruby Riot would be incredible. Molly Holly versus Bianca Belair would be incredible. Molly Holly versus B- Becky Lynch. Molly Holly versus Sasha Banks. Molly Holly versus Bailey. You could put her in the ring with anybody. I am also a huge Molly Holly fan. So I'm very happy that you said yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, I, I think, um, have we, have we had Trish versus Alexa? Have, have we had that match yet? I, we haven't had that match yet. I, I mean, like, I did, that, for, that for me is like, <laughs> it's a very simplistic view of Alexa is Trish. I get that, that you know, they, they, they kind of look like, but they've just had that, that they both had that sort of renaissance of, Look how look you know look look how beautiful this valet for a tag team is. Oh my god, they are an ama- they've become this amazing worker and a true icon of their division. Like, you know, from from Buddy Murphy, from Blake and Murphy and TNA to Trish and Alexa Bliss, I think there's there's a hell uh, I I I I also really want to see heel Alexa Bliss again. And I think her versus Trish would be kind of like stepping out of Trish's shadow would be a really fun uh story for that. There are so many dream matches we could go on, but we uh, we should we should press on. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Amorons. Uh, Marcel Duras says, I haven't seen you making up your mind about my uh, cast of Street Fighter with wrestlers yet. So I thought I'd give you my idea of the casting. I'd love to hear you do some recast additions or giving feedback. Uh, so this is uh, someone has put together uh, a Street Fighter cast with wrestlers. And we'll see if there's any that we want to swap out. So Ryu is Hiroshi Tanahashi. Nice. Oh, good one. <laughs> Ken is Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> Especially with that hair. Um Zangief, Rusev, very nice. Yeah. Uh, Chun Li, Zia Li. Okay, yeah, I mean, fair enough. They do, yeah. Um, Blanca, Bray Wyatt. Uh, DJ, Elijah Burke. Uh, Bison, uh, M. Bison, John Cena. That would be, that's the heel turn we need. Um, Balrog, uh, Bobby Lashley. Nice. Uh, Vega, Tyler Breeze covering up that i i would have thought vega surely start dashing cody rhodes with the uh with the face mask would be nice i would have gone with candango nice 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 uh, uh dalsim ricochet interesting uh i mean they are both look like they're made out of springs uh cammy alexa bliss i mean if you're talking about a pony like a ponytailed ass kicking wrestler you've got bianca belair standing yeah, right exactly. there um <laughs> 
uh, that's my take uh, on the question. Hope you all stay safe. And one day I'll force you to compare uh, Waldmeister and apples and you'll taste a difference. Manic laughter emoji. What's Waldmeister? 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 Is that an American thing? I don't know. I don't know. I was going to ask, is that a British thing? (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, I think that's a really solid list. Yeah, I think the only ones I would uh, I would swap out is I would like to see uh, Bianca Belair as Cammy. I think that would be that would be nice. Are there any that you would like to swap out? No, I would agree. I would swap out uh, Cammy with the Bianca Belair. That's actually a funny question because I do that on my regular time. I compare wrestlers to Marvel characters. Yesterday, oh, nice. yesterday I came up with Doctor Strange would be Alistair Black. Very very nice. Um, I. <laughs> I had one because I this was a list I worked for what culture years back, which is um, wrestlers and their Marvel counterparts. And the one I was most proud of was that um, Brock Lesnar is the Hulk, but Paul Heyman is Bruce Banner. So basically, Paul Heyman appears and you know that something bad is going to go down because Paul Heyman's around. And then you rough Paul Heyman up and suddenly the Hulk uh, appears as sort of like his kind of his unstoppable backup. Philip O'Reilly says, hi, Luke, and very welcome guest. Uh, wrong on only one count. Uh, first ever mailbag question. I know everyone hates the invasion, but for me, when I started watching wrestling, but for me, it was when I started watching wrestling, so I didn't have the expectations everyone had. I really enjoyed it, especially the Angle-Austin feud and Rock versus Y2J feud. Two, two key WWE versus WCW feuds you've named right there. Uh, was, was there anything from the invasion you actually liked? Uh, P.S. My son Liam is having his birthday turning eight. Can I have a happy birthday shout? He loves uh, you and Ollie. I see he's talking about Luke there, so... Bad luck, eight-year-old. Um, and Laurie, Laurie scares Liam. <laughs> Laurie scares Liam. <laughs> well, I liked, I liked the Invasion pay-per-view. Call me, you know, call me a, a damned fool, uh, and many have and will. But I, um, yeah, I, it, it was a huge lo- a drop ball. But I'm, I'm like Philip here. I, I started watching wrestling in 2000. So 2001, I had no idea what WCW was. I only had room in my tiny little childhood for WWE. I believed that Rhino was the pinnacle of, you know, the invasion. It's like, oh, oh God, RV, you know, RVD or DDP, he stalked Undertaker's wife. Uh He's the (laughs) the greatest villain alive. Um, Like... Yeah, I didn't have the I didn't have the expectation of like Sting versus The Undertaker. I didn't have Goldberg versus Steve Austin in my mind. So when the invasion pay per view happened, I was pumped for it. I couldn't wait. I don't know about you. Were you uh, were you too much of a fan to to truly enjoy the invasion, or did you have any guilty pleasures? I when I I was a bit maybe too young. I mean, like I watched the I watched Invasion when it happened. But with WCW, I knew it was another show, but I never paid attention to it. I have older brothers and they were the ones going back and forth from one room to another to watch it at the same time. And I just stayed in the living room like, I'm just going to watch WWE. Uh, So I didn't have, I didn't know what to expect with the Invasion pay-per-view. When I watched it when I was younger, I very much enjoyed it. And then watching it back now in my 20s, I see how, like now knowing like, what WCW was, what WWE was at the time with the the uh, Monday Night uh, Wars. I can see what people were expecting with the invasion and the execution was just not it. Uh, but 
I still enjoyed it. I don't have really much of a problem with it. I think it's again like you know if you if you're not aware of like the act like if you, you know we know uh, everything about wrestling and all the dirt sheets and yeah. blah, blah blah like that's that's where we currently are we'd be horrendously disappointed by it but if you're just a, a little tiny young wwe mark like i was yeah. like their editing department was on point it made it seem like the world was coming to an end it was oh. really exciting like survivor series was unbelievably good yeah it ended up with stone cold versus the rock which is a pretty clear message of how the whole invasion thing went when mm-hmm. stone cold versus the rock is your main event the angle but exactly. like, I, yeah, like, why not? That's exciting. Uh, Callum says, hey, Luke, another fantastic guest. Fine. Uh, when The Fiend debuted last year, I was shocked the next day that my non-wrestling fans uh, slash friends were talking to me about how cool it is. So my question for you guys is, is there a moment that happened in wrestling uh, that your non-wrestling fans uh, caught, uh, your non-wrestling fan friends caught on to? Naomi. There you go. Royal Rumble. Naomi at the Royal Rumble. The Fiend. I also got a few uh, people that were excited about the Fiend. Um, also Ronda Rousey when she came, but then that was just, of course, everyone knew who Ronda Rousey was. Um, I'd say that's about it, but definitely for sure the most the most attention from my all of my fans, my friends who are not wrestling fans, uh, was Naomi because they sent me videos they're like who is this woman and where can i watch her all the time and i was like here you go here's all the information that you need about her um so yeah it was definitely naomi for me uh for me like whenever the rock comes back like because obviously like the the like the trilogy like he was wrestling cena that was when i got people like my movie friends like Mm -hmm. asking me just like is this should like should i try and watch this match is this going to be fun and i was like you know before WrestleMania 20, I was like, absolutely watch this match. It's going to be exciting as hell. WrestleMania 20, no, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, like, generally like The Rock, like, it, it's a shame. It's why they lean on him because he's he's that big a deal. But yeah. like, he does bring, he brings them eyes to the product. Uh, so Flev Doran says, hello, Luke and guest. Uh, this is more of a response to the last super chat from the Raw Review live stream from Tudor. Yes, you have a Romanian who supports you. He super chatted you guys for over a year. He was the first co-winner of Wrestle League, and he met you at the Four Quarters during the Royal Quest meetup. That person is me, by the way, uh, if you didn't guess. There's no offense or anything. Just want to make that fact clear. Love you all. Oh, that's delightful. I, I've got no idea. I'm so sorry. You picked the wrong host to have this wonderful heartwarming story i have no idea about any of this but good job buddy good job i will pass on this message i promise That's real, real sad. Sorry, guys. Uh, Adam Pearson uh, says, hey, guys, this is my first mailbag question. My name is Adam Pearson. Not to be confused with the other Adam Pearson you had on your podcast, which was a great one, by the way. I'm not too sure if you had this question before, but what do you think is the match that over-delivered the most of all time? For me, I have to go with Roman Reigns versus The Big Show at Extreme Rules. In my opinion, a match that had no right to be anything special because of bad booking of Reigns at the time, but far exceeded expectation for me as a solid 8 out of 10 match. Looking forward to hearing your suggestions. So for me, uh, in terms of a match that over-delivered comparing to what I was expecting, like, it's the Firefly Funhouse. 
Like yeah. I, I, I go on about it a lot. It's because I, I'm always going to be like my and my Amdram wrestling. It's what I like. I like. I, I like. Honestly, take all the moves out. I'm fine. I'm cool with just like two guys sitting in chairs and monologuing a story that means something at each other. I'm like, it's like the South Park episode. I care more about the drama. <laughs> but like the idea of the Firefly Funhouse was so potentially bollocks because of like, you know, what the fiend had been through, uh, not only with Goldberg, but like years before at WrestleMania versus John Cena again, like people were genuinely worried that John Cena was going to come back and like, well, the fiend's dead. So we might as well have him beat him anyway. You know, get a big uh, baby face pop. But that, what they created, over-delivered to the point where it genuinely became one of my favorite mm. time. Um, and I, I, I go, I, I will never stop going on about it. I've watched it like 10 times. I love it. Uh, but I like, I, I, I would over-deliver even if I had high hopes, but I had low hopes. Mm. I had kind of like eye for an eye hopes being just like what, <laughs> what's this gonna be um but no over delivered massively what about yourself i would say it was nxt takeover takeover in philadelphia andrade versus johnny gargano oh yeah, yeah that would be awesome yeah because at the time like i i wasn't i was i i have to admit i don't think i ever will be a gargano fan i appreciate him i respect him uh he's great but he just isn't for me so going into that match and also with andrade i didn't know mu too much about him uh so i just thought it was i thought it was a throwaway championship match going into it and also that weekend i didn't really care i just was there for the women's royal rumble so i went and uh ate that match blue my mind i mean i was paying attention to the story i knew what was what was coming with um selena and candace and then with uh champa like that match did not have to go so hard like it just the 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 the, the, the near falls the near falls in that match was just outstanding the feud with uh, with like i said selena and candace and, and getting involved in the match and then it's just running away and then it what it still had enough time. It was just so long. I can't even, I can't even get my words right. It was just so good. And then at the very end, you had Champa come out with that iconic moment, just hitting Gargano with the crutch. Just that match did not have to be that good, but yeah. it was. It was that match was just. I'd say that match is probably in the top ten for me. Especially when you consider that not only had like Andrade uh, beaten uh, Drew McIntyre very shockingly, like no one was expecting yes. was expecting that, and they were just like, "Oh, transitional champion to get it onto another babyface," but also like they'd had that match like two or three takeovers earlier, mm -hmm. like uh, immediately after Takeover Chicago, I think the first takeover match that Johnny Gargano had was against Andrade, and mm -hmm. you know that ended with like t-shirt distraction, and it never really went that hard it was like what 12 minutes maybe something like that um and you just didn't realize like the untapped potential that was mm -hmm. there i'm gonna watch that match later i i haven't seen that yes. match in such a long time thank yeah. you very much alex Queen of the Ring. let me know what you think of it <laughs> will do uh christopher howell says hello gents i've recently become a backer for the first time because after everything you've done throughout this crazy time and all of our lives you deserve it 
You deserve it. Uh, I'd also like to add that the return of Adam's bookings to PFK have been a particular joy for me. And it recently gave me an idea. Fantasy booking warfare, AEW versus WWE. Not an angle or storyline, but a super card of interbrand dream matches. Uh, the idea would be either... Two or more of you create a dream card of AEW versus WWE matches and the fans vote which card they like the most. And then the winner can have a video where they fancy book their card from top to bottom, going through the builds to matches, deciding the winners. The rules are you can use any stars from the current rosters, including injured or inactive, but only if they are contracted to their respective companies. It is fantasy after all. Uh, no retired wrestlers. The buck's got to stop somewhere. Uh, the show could be one night or two, but no more than that. Cheers, lads. Keep up the amazing work and jam that jam. So I love that idea. I will absolutely pitch it to the guys. Uh, but obviously, while you're here, Alex, uh, let, let, how about we just pitch uh, a main event each um, and see who's got... So it has to be AEW versus WWE on the Invasion pay-per-view, and you can use anyone. For the main event? For the main event. I mean, easily, you kind of have to start off with throw out Kenny Omega versus AJ Styles, both from New Japan now respect, respectfully representing their promotions that they're in. Uh, although we've probably seen it, it's interesting how they would handle that. Uh, Do you know what mine is? Mine's going to get me some stick. Because my, my first thought was Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan. But nope, my main event for AEW versus WWE I want Cody versus Triple H. Oh. I want Cody Rhodes versus Triple H. Just both of them bleeding everywhere. Sledgehammers versus sledgehammers. Like all of Cody's kind of like rage, all of Triple H's kind of like, like kind of that kind of corporate, like coming out in a suit. Brandy, Brandy and Steph having a thing on the outside. It's not work rate city. I get that. But I just, the idea of it just fills me with glee. You just want the smoke. That's all you want when you're booking that. But yeah, that would be, oh, that's money right there. The entrances would be like half, half the show probably. (laughs) That's mine. Uh, What about yourself? I've got, I've got to nail you down for, for one match. There's so many in both rosters. Um, I I want to see Butcher and the Blade versus uh, New Day. And I also would be interested to see uh, Nia Rose versus... Um, uh, Nyla Rose versus uh, Io Shirai. Oh, that would be a match. That would be so good. Uh, so Marcus Campbell says, hello, Wrestle Talk. Since Slammiversary is behind us, which return debut surprised you the most? For me, it was the return of the Motor City Machine Guns as I didn't see it coming. Plus it was a very welcome addition to their tag division. Keep on jamming that jam. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Oh my God, that t-shirt's done such wonders for us. Thank you. Please buy a t-shirt for jam that jam, everybody. <laughs> um, for, for me, like, yeah, like in terms of like, because there are so many you expecting like i don't think anyone was surprised to see ec3 uh i was surprised to see he slater uh because i i obviously like when he came back there was a lot of um 
kind of animosity between him and AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Cody said flat out no, which was like, wow, okay, what what's happening there? So it's kind of to see him arrive and be made a big deal of like, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, in terms of most surprising, yeah, it was like most city machine guns. I know what, like what? I had no idea. Like all the other hype around all the other people. I had no, I, I had no idea those guys were coming back. Yeah, I, it was Motor City Machine Guns for me. I wasn't watching, but everyone was just going off on Twitter and was like, why am I not watching this right now? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Motor City Machine Guns. And again, like I said, Gallows, versus, uh, Gallows and Anderson showing up at Impact. I was surprised. I was surprised. It seemed like they were going to go to Japan. Yeah. Uh, so Peter Mullen says, I've been thinking about the awkwardness that people are feeling towards the US title division and all of its minority wrestlers. I, I've studied this sort of thing as part of my degree and have a quick explanation of why it feels weird and how it could be better. I've included an image that can help you visualize this. Hang on a second. Let me just load that image up because I did add it to the back end. Where are you? do 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 talk amongst yourselves <laughs> <We've> got... <laughs> oh i do have it somewhere i'm i'm a very bad host i'm no luke owens and i'll never be luke owens it's okay. um, we forgive you that's fine i don't actually have it oh no i can't find it because i'm logged out of the patreon so it was a um it, it was basically a different example of like what's the difference between sort of like uh inclusion like tolerance, uh, segregation, and it's sort of like, and it was used to kind of dots in a Petri dish and how um, WWE, instead of doing like inclusion, uh, which is basically um, like everyone is like part, like in, not not assimilation. So like everyone is kind of part of the roster. They seem to have lumped all of their kind of people of color, especially in the men's division into one like scene, which is the kind of US uh, and, you know, with the centered around MVP. I, I believe is what they're trying to get at. Oh. Uh, so uh, what society should aim for is inclusion of people leading to harmonious assimilation of people and minorities on the outside of society into the greater whole. It's what we should all be striving for, not least because having a, debate, a diverse range of thoughts, views, backgrounds makes us stronger as a whole. What WWE has done, and what I believe is an honest attempt at something positive, is integration. The minority athletes are part of the show, but it's no their part of the show. If this continues, it leads to segregation, with the audience associating them as being other to the rest of the people on the show. This is why it feels off. To sort this out, uh, this storyline needs to include other groups of people. Bobby Lashley, for example, is yet part of MVP group. He's also his own man shooting for the title. But individualization where they're their own people, not just ethnicity, needs to happen with the other members to end the weirdness. I just really hope this story leads to better thing um what do you what do you think about kind of the state of that division in raw at the moment is that something that strikes you as kind of uneasy or is it or is it something that maybe we are putting onto it uh from the outside yeah that division makes me cringe to be completely honest because it just seems like i'm gonna be the one to say it you have Andrade, Rey Mysterio, uh, and I'll I'll use those two for example. Two amazing wrestlers, and they're both Latino, and they are Mexican, and you have them fighting over a United States title, and your company supports Trump. 
like that. I don't, I don't really need to draw the lines any further than that. That alone just makes me cringe. And you have them go after the title every single week, almost putting them in a box. And and now, you know, I, I understand Rey Mysterio has his feud with Seth Rollins now, blah, 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 blah. But it, in that time, like, it just always made me cringe to watch a United States uh, match because it just seemed like they didn't know what to do. And they put all the Hispanic people together. And it's just like, well, y'all, you guys could do something together. We just know that you're good and just fight each other. Or you can have Andrade. You should have had Andrade versus Seth Rollins way before during that time. Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. I it just, I, I feel like with the United States title, first of all, the design is awful. Let's start there. <laughs> the champion t- belt. Yes. It's, it's God awful. Um, and it's again going, I guess, to the whole point of this whole podcast is uh, where where WWE doesn't know what to do with their wrestlers who are of color, of any color. They don't know what to do with them, and I think that's where lies hiring people of color for your writers' room for you're producing any anywhere and it's 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 just not happening i i have so many feelings about (laughs) the united states division you know and i don't mean to make it a bit uh, of an uncomfortable conversation but it's a conversation that is necessary because of what's going on right now in our times um it's it's something that wwe has always done Mm -hmm. that's the thing is like it's just the fact that they're still doing it um it's like you know like back to the attitude era kai and tai there's all the japanese guys there you are they're in a stable of course they are why because they're all japanese they all know each other or they're all chinese as jerry lawler used to say um then you have uh i mean that like but I mean, nation of domination, right? Nation of of domination. domination. They they put them all together and even to have savio vegas like well you know you don't you're, you seem like you're Puerto Rican, but you just look black. So let's just put you in this. Like, it's just, they don't know what to do because they don't know how, because they don't relate. That's why. Mm. That's and they still have, and like, there's elements of this still happening to this day, which is like uh, the Kabuki Warriors. Like, they're both from Japan. They're friends. And it's just like, well, yeah, I mean, like, you do have like some amazing wrestlers. And obviously, like, it's better than it used to be. But then you do see the same, like, like, the same people of color wrestling each other every single week on raw and it's just like it's just like it, it it's just why does it why does he have to have this uncomfortability like why do we have to feel this way like when there's when your division when your roster is so stacked and like yeah like um there was this amazing graphic that went out a few weeks ago uh, back when new day were champions being just like the majority of WWE's champions right now are people of color, which is fantastic. But like there, there is still that thing where it's just like people of certain races are just fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as, it's not as endemic a problem as it used to be. No, right. I, I, you know, absolutely. But it is still like, it, we, we're still talking about it. Exactly. 
Oh, evidently. Like, and when they came out with that graphic, it was just like, oh, please applaud us for now having the majority of champions as people of color. It's like, yeah, it's 2020. You've taken this long to do it. Well, and yeah. not only to only speak on the actual feuds and wrestling, let's go back to the Kabuki Warriors. Just last year, they had a mishap with their graphic promoting uh, Kyrie Sane's Twitter account, and they put Io Shirai instead. Come on. That alone just ha- that just says enough for me. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you don't... It, it, it makes it feel like it's a very, very white um creative team when it's just be like well obviously like so like these guys are going to team we're going to team up cedric alexander and ricochet why are they friends wwe well because they're both high flyers is why they're they're friends are really good working high flyers all right uh, and they're gonna fight you know this the street profits loads and then you've got uh, apollo cruz is going to feud with mvp who's recruited kind of bobby lashley and he's going after shelton benjamin as well it's just like guys can i i oh. Like, should they fight each other because they're good? Yes, but they're fighting each other because they are of the same ethnicity right now. Let's be 100% real. That's why, you know, where it's just like, yes, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade will always be a fantastic match, no matter what. But they should not be having a match every single week. Just last year, that last half, half of the year was them every single week. And there were so many people like, I'm so sick of seeing this this match over and over and over again. It's like because you're seeing this match over and over and over again because they don't want to they don't want to take the risk of having someone else come in. It's just uh, that's how I feel. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Mood. Uh, Jam that James Dillon says. uh, So I've been listening to the clips of the mystery fan that has been awesomely shouting at Raw and Smackdown. I think it's none other than the Bugengagen himself, Rick Buges. I I have no idea what any of that means. I can't just nod along and pretend I know. Do you know? What's no? Okay, I've no idea. The, the, who's the guy? There's a so I've been listening to the clips of the mystery fan that has been awesomely shouting at Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I think it's none other than the Bugengagen himself, Rick Buges. Oh, I think, uh, I'm not sure, but I think he's talking about uh, the dude that came out at NXT a while ago where he was just air guitaring. I think he's in the audience. Do you not? He he came out, he came out, uh, is that his name? I think that's his name, but uh, he he came out at NXT and he did this whole like air guitar uh, thing and it was really good. Um, and ever since his online uh, stuff, like on Instagram, it's just him, I guess, air guitaring and hyping himself up and just air guitaring to different, to other people's entrances. And he's in the the crowd during SmackDown and Raw. Uh, okay. I'm looking at yeah. a picture of him. He's very, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like a porn star, Dalton Castle. It's the question: What do we think of him? He's he's great. <laughs> I, I genuinely just think it was a statement. I don't think there was a question in there. Because then, then they, James Dillon goes on to say, unrelated to that, I think the renewed interest in factions is to build a feud with the undisputed era. Let the Franken faction dominate for a while, grabbing every belt minus the WWE Championship. And when they get to the height of annoyance, Cole and company ride in to kick some ass. Like, yeah, that's what you want. Let's get. The undisputed era and all their 
in all their white douchebag <laughs> college road glory to come in and kick out these sneaky, this sneaky faction run by MVP who's taken over Monday Night Raw. Yeah, the optics on that won't be questionable in any way. Oh, my goodness. Heracli uh, <laughs> says, you can, oh, my goodness, this is a good question. You can ask, you can ask Vince McMahon any question and he can't lie to you. What are you asking? Right? Do we have the time to actually think about the question? (laughs) Just one question. One question to ask Vince McMahon and he cannot lie. Ooh. Cause like part of me is just like, part of me wants to know if the Montreal screw job was a work, but I like, maybe I don't want to know. Cause that's just me like removing, <laughs> like taking away the magic. Like what is a wrestling secret that Vince and only Vince holds the key to? Did you cover up that Jimmy Snuka murder? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he did. <laughs> oh God. I don't, I don't know about my legal defeat. Um, allegedly, allegedly cut this bit out. Oh no. What have I done? I brought, I brought down record talk. That's Alex. Alex said that. Sue her. All me. All me. I'm nobody so far, so you can't sue me. But uh, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, what kind of question do you ask? Do you ask that that wrestling uh, question of is the Montreal Screwjob a work? Or do you ask the controversial questions? Or do you ask the silly questions of like, is this true? You you hate, what is it? He hates nickels or something? And and also and sneezing, he doesn't know. And, and he didn't know what a burrito was. Oh, tell you what I would ask. If, and he can't lie to me. So he'd be like sort of go in a trance and tell me. I would ask him what he's most afraid of. Ooh. I would try and get psychological with Vince McMahon because uh, I, I, I'm desperate to unpick why he makes the decisions he makes. What are you? What are you most afraid of, Vince McMahon? Would be mine. That's a good one, but I feel like that would. No, yeah, that's a good one. See, I have no idea what mine would be. It would probably be very controversial, and then everyone could just cancel me. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you, I don't think you necessarily be cancelled for trying to solve a murder. I think. Oh yeah. yeah. It's it's all about like Scooby-Doo has been cancelled for, for years because yeah, he's, he's getting up in, in, in white, white men business who are trying to kind of do corporate espionage via ghosts. That's the heart of cancel culture. Uh, Right. So um, Abhinav Jha says, uh, Hey, second best Adam on YouTube and Alex. Okay, that's fine. Don't worry about it. That's, that's cool. Uh, Adam Cleary is a lot better than me. So I binge watched all of Dark Side of the Rings episodes and I love... Oh, no, you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Uh, this is going to be our last question because we've got one more question after this. But I like this question so much, I'm going to have this as our last question because it's a really good one to end on. So instead, I'm going to go to Callum Mann and say, hey, hey, Adam and Alex, hello. On this week's Di- uh, Dynamite AEW, they announced their women's tag team tournament. Uh, the Deadly Draw, I believe it's called, uh, for this summer. So my question for you is, what are some tag team partnerships you would like to see formed for the tournament? Have a great rest of the week and hashtag jam that jam. <laughs> I know what I want my my kind of number one draw to be. Um, Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker. And I know she can't wrestle, so she's going to make Hikaru Shida just wrestle yeah. all the matches by herself. 
whilst also claiming victory for every single one. I think that would be a lot of fun. Just like like rolling around at ringside, being just like, I'm in this match, and Hikaru Shida just can't tag her. That would be fun for me. What about you? Who is uh because I, I think like literally like if if they don't bring anyone else in, they've got excluding inactive women, they've got literally 16. I think so. They, I think they are probably going to include everyone on their current roster. Hmm. Um, I mean, Big Swole with just anybody. I, Big Swole alone. Just have Big Swole enter the tag tournament by herself, and I would believe that she would go all the way. Uh, but if you're going to bring anybody new, um, the Big Swole and Faye Jackson, Faye Jackson would be good. Um, Chris Statlander is injured still. Yes, right? still got the ACL injury. Yeah, uh, that'd be that's a shame. Um, I'd like to renew the. I'd like. I'd like to sort of do the kind of the best enemies, kind of worst friends thing with Nyla Rose and Riho. Like they, they, like those guys. Their feud was like one of the one of the true bright spots of the AEW women's division in its first year. So um, yeah, like having them, like having that kind of animosity having to be put to one side, and then you've also got David and Goliath there on the same team. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, Evelise and Demonte would be good. That'd be a, mm. a great uh, tag team together. Um, I think that would be my answer. For sure. All right. Well, uh, in which case, let's move on to the last question because it's a lovely one. Uh, and thank you again so much to uh, to Alex, Queen of the Ring. Please do subscribe to Alex's channel on YouTube, and of course, follow Alex at what your your Twitter handle changed recently. Is it? <laughs> it's got more. You say your Twitter handle for me because I can't remember it because it changed. My Twitter handle is at Queen of the Ring with two G's <laughs> at the end. And my Instagram is at underscore Queen of the Ring because I just can't. Everyone took Queen of the Ring, just simple Queen of the Ring. So I had to somehow find a loophole, I guess. But yes, at, at Twitter, uh, Queen of the Ring with two G's and uh, underscore Queen of the Ring on Instagram. Yeah. Magic. Um, so uh, this question from Abhinav Ja again, I hope I said your name right. Uh, so I binge watched all of Dark Side of the Rings episodes and I love it. But seeing so much negativity, I think there should be a TV series called Bright Side of the Ring, which shows the positive aspects of wrestling. If it does happen, what would you want to see on it? I would want to see everything that's happening right now with... Um the speaking out movement, everyone just taking care of everyone else and listening to, to the victims. Um, and also with the Black Lives Matter movement, how, how it's, it's, you know, they're hard conversations to have and they come, they're coming from negativity, but at the same time, the way that, um, a lot of promoters and a lot of wrestlers holding other people accountable is, is positive because I think there that gives us a lot of hope for the future for wrestling to be safe again. Uh, so I think that would be a good episode to start off with. Yeah, absolutely. So watching, watching, hopefully, yeah, the the wrestling kind of business become so much stronger and so much better uh, through something that yeah otherwise would be like poster child for Dark Side of the Ring yeah. and having something kind of flourish from those ashes. Yeah. In terms of just like pure feel good, like just one of those kind of like oh what a what a warm story like uh, Daniel Bryan I think and to have it be a two parter Daniel Bryan the rise of to the main event end with the horrible cliffhanger of the retirement and then his sort of road back 
that that would be a that would be a fuzzy a fuzzy feeling. See, that's gonna be a tearjerker if you uh, throw in uh, uh, what's his name? Oh no, Crusher. Uh, oh, Connor the Crusher. Yes, Connor the Crusher. Yeah, yeah, that would be an ultimate tearjerker. I think another bright side of the ring would. Oh man. Ooh, I I know, I know, I know. Uh, DDP. DDP and everything that DDP's been doing. Um, Like, not only himself breaking into the business in his late 30s, which is like, oh my God, how did you do that? But also just how uh, DDP yoga and like his kind of almost outreach uh, programs with like some of these guys like um, Jake the Snake and Scott Hall, like watching him rehabilitate some of these guys to the best shape of their life, like Jake Roberts being back on TV, which would not have happened without DDP. Uh, that would be, uh, yeah, one of my picks for sure for Bright Side of the Ring. Yeah, and Women's Revolution, Evolution. Oh, yeah. You know, just piggyback the, as they did the Fabulous Moolah episode. Why not just go off from there? Piggyback yeah, there. how Stephanie McMahon created women's wrestling. Like, it's such an inspirational tale. How does she do it? Oh, my, like genuinely one of my heroes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Of course, you to have an aneurysm. I'm very sorry. <laughs> but I'm glad that he uh, binge watched Dark Side of the Ring. I was doing uh, some watch alongs with Dark Side of the Ring with the second season on my YouTube channel. <laughs> Selfless plug, I guess. Nice, 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 nice. <laughs> um, what? Okay, so um, just to kind of cap off that plug, like what uh, if, if someone uh, wants to start watching uh, Alex? Uh, Dark Side of the Ring watch-alongs. What is, uh, what's the one you would point them to first? There were some heavy ones that I reacted to. Uh, I mean, I would, Owen Hart. The, the, I, my, when, oh my gosh, that whole entire episode was, I've waited all of my life to watch that episode because I watched uh, that pay-per-view live and that was a huge yeah. Oh my yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that. I mean, I wasn't there, but I watched it, you know, live when I was younger and I didn't know what was happening. And I remember, um, I, I like, I was so young and I went to my parents. I was like, what's going on? What's going on? It's like, Oh, you know how the undertaker just kills people. That's what happened. So I was like, Oh, okay. And I didn't really understand. <laughs> I didn't really like grasp the concept that it was real until I got older. And, um, and I was like, oh, yeah, Owen Hart died. Oh, yeah, that's it. Oh, whoa, that's a thing. And then when the episode aired and they showed the clip and the fact that his widow still had the clip, just I started crying. My jaw was to the floor. I could not believe the, oh, God, that episode was just heavy. That was heavy to watch. And also the the season premiere with Chris Benoit. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. But bright side of the ring. Happy, <laughs> happy days. Pandemic wrestling. It's all gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. It's the year of our Lord 2020, and it's all going to be fine. It's uh, fine. <laughs> that has been the Wrestle Talk magazine show. Uh your oasis of calm in this uh, whirling <laughs> volcano uh of cruelty and misery that is uh, <laughs> uh again i want to thank uh alex queen of the ring thank you so much for donating your time to this very silly q a uh and yes uh we'll catch you next week uh luke will be back and so will another special 
guest. Uh, and as Luke would say, thank you. I love you. Goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.